Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, what a night. Watching Tottenham on a Tuesday Hello everyone and welcome to a What A Night part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Uh, good to be back with you all today on the pod. Hunter Godson, all good mate? All good man, all good. Jude Summerfield, all good your end? Yeah, all gravy baby. <laughs> and Dad Patrick, welcome back. Woo! No, Returns no. back from holiday so finally the Spurs news can stop. Mm. We'll begin. Yeah. Well, I mean, touch wood, but usually the, the peaks and troughs essentially suggest Dan goes away the moment that he reaches into his pocket to take out his passport, a million things are announced, mm. get back, and then there's a backlog of like 15 things you need to catch up on. Hold on. I thought Alistair Gold had cornered the stuff happens on my day off. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can elbow my way into that. You've both got a strong... If you're both off, it's it's almost like... Daniel Levy's spider senses are like going wild. He like can't he can't walk. He's like, I must announce something mental. <laughs> Sign Lionel Messi. I mean, I've got to say, obviously, Spurs signed Gil and Gallini when I was off. But mm-hmm. otherwise, it felt like nothing had really happened. I was keeping an eye on it. It didn't feel like I was missing much. A big friendly went over Leighton Orient, a Lucas Moore masterclass, but that aside, <laughs> I think I got away with it. Yeah, Lucas Mora like sort of giving everyone that little bit of uh he's dangling the carrot isn't he for everyone so everyone's like oh my god it's time to create the more a season twitter account <laughs> he's taking the mellas uh hand yes. right in pre-season that is exactly <laughs> what i was going to say dan the, the the tease he'll do it for six years running and you'll never see a full season of it. <laughs> Lucas Lamella and Cameron Carter-Vickers in it together. Cameron Carter-Vickers, <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I'm glad I'm that also... I'm glad that he's managed to get his his annual run out for Spurs in preseason. Seems like a nice chat, joke. wasn't there about Celtic and sort of the Joe Hart thing happened, and then it went very quiet on Cameron Carter-Vickers. Probably watched some preseason action. <laughs> 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 very good um okay right meme of like <laughs> yeah um so okay. let's try and do good bad ugly and beautiful because we have actually got a few things to kind of tap into danny you you weren't around for the lamella special were you the lamella special yeah we did the uh, no, lamella special so sad to miss that yeah i'm, I'm really uh, sorry any words that you need to kind of just register to make sure that you're on record? Because, I mean, Sean was quite scathing in your absence that, mm. that, that you as part of the, a key part of the fan club, if you really loved him, you would have been there. Oh, I take that point. And he's <laughs> quite right, of course. I let, I let Eric down at last. I'm sure you guys covered it all. I'll, I'll go back and listen to that. Um, yeah, I mean, it got to the point with Lamella where I just wasn't sure whether my kind of love for him was ironic or not. I just didn't know myself <laughs> anymore. Uh, and he obviously held a special place in my heart but I think it was the right time for him to go and, and probably has been for about five years so um, yeah I wish him well and, and it, it's it's part of what looks like 
uh, <laughs> encouraging movements from Spurs. They seem to be kind of offloading the, the right players, the, the players who most fans would say, yeah, that their time has come. And I think we have to say that, that Eric, as much as we loved him on the spot, was, was among those who'd kind of passed their sell-by date. I really love the idea. I don't know if you guys have said, I'm sure you have, but Michael Dawson's just been announced as a club ambassador. I really love the idea of in 10 years time, Eric Lamella being brought in as a club ambassador and just going round the corporate boxes at sort of pre-match and half time and just stamping on people <laughs> or just like go to get their, go and get their meal like at the buffet and just flicks the plate out of their hand and all the food flies everywhere and he sort of shrugs and walks off. Yeah, like, pay more does... for the ex- the experience, the lamella experience. <laughs> He's in full kit. If, you, if you're a gold member, he'll spit in your face sort of thing. <laughs> They're just absolutely perfect. But, but won't speak to anyone, no English whatsoever, but will come and sort of like give you a jab in the ribs or maybe even go and steal your drink like he did to the Burnley do physio. Drink, pour it out. Bill, do it like no look. So yeah. he'll go like dunk his, <laughs> dunk his fingers in your food and then just be like, you'll be like, who did that? And he'll just be walking onto the other side of the room. Eric Lamella just employ- employed as a club ambassador to go mind sweeping at half time, <laughs> just robbing people's pints. That's um, a shit out. <laughs> Okay, so very quick break of proceedings here to tell you that we, the Oh What A Night podcast team, are now brought to you in association with Manscaped, helping you to keep all things down south nice and well pruned with Manscaped's new lawnmower 4.0. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and keep your delicates in good nick by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code 90min20. The Don. So, look, we're going to try and do Good, Bad, Ugly, Beautiful uh, with a little bit of a twist this week. Um, Being that we haven't got a huge amount of football that we can dive into because they are still just pre-season friendlies. Um, But from a good point of view, we'll touch on Arsenal and Chelsea. There's a little bit of tangy stuff that uh, that I feel like we've got to get into. We've got to touch on Kane's post because that uh, got the WhatsApp group moving the other day. And then um, and there's some new signings to touch into in the beautiful as well. So let's start with the performances against Arsenal, Chelsea. And if possible, maybe let's start with half-time onwards in the Chelsea game uh, <laughs> going in, going in you know to the end of the Arsenal game. What's quite funny is I actually missed the first half in the Chelsea game, so I have no context as to how bad you it was. You must have come away being like, we're mustard. I, honestly, I came away from both games thinking, that was, you know, decent performances there. But yeah, reading the tweets from the first half, I was like, God, are we 10-0 down? But apparently it was bad. <laughs> you guys will have to tell me. Yeah, it was pretty guff. Um <laughs> Like ZH was was doing all sorts of madness, and Spurs just couldn't get anywhere near him. And like they couldn't put any phases together, and defense and midfield were about a hundred yards apart. It was quite, it was it was sort of like, oh, this is this is a bit gross to watch. And then it got better, and then it all got better. So, yeah, wow. I don't think we can ignore the first half. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> um, Really, it Chelsea brought in all these players that everyone had forgotten played for Chelsea, mm. and then Spurs improved a little bit. So it was a bit chastening and a little bit concerning. But then I've got to say, not to ruin this whole segment, I never really read anything into to preseason anymore. Not since Juan de Ramos' Spurs went through uh, a magnificently unbeaten preseason and then took two points from eight games. I, ju- I just never pay it much attention, but. While the result was encouraging, Chelsea 
looked like European champions for 45 minutes and or, or an hour maybe and Spurs looked like they were preparing for a season in the UEFA Conference League. It was it was quite uh, concerning. But a spirited a spirited comeback against David Zappacosta and Co. <laughs> you are right there, Dan. When they, it, I think it was maybe Jack Brook or it might have been someone else did posted a photo saying I literally forgot every single one of these players played for Chelsea. And it's just a lineup of eight, like six or seven subs coming on. It's like, oh shit, yeah, no, he, oh yeah, and he's still there. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Did Van Ginkel get on at any point? He's, <laughs> he's like the ultimate one, isn't he? Right. He's been he really there for is, about yeah. twenty years, he's, and he's, he's never played a game for him. <laughs> It's the, probably the only time you'll ever see a home crowd singing, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> home players. Just absolutely criminal. And it, it did have that feel, didn't it? That um, Tuchel was almost like making a point, like look at some of the guff that we mm. have still got here that we need to shift on. Uh, particularly when he took N'Golo Kante off, because N'Golo Kante just was reminding everyone why he's ridiculous. I mean, he stole the ball off Lucas, didn't he? Lucas has been pissing it in pre-season and then the moment he came up against Kante, that knock the ball six yards ahead of yourself and run into the open space suddenly just wasn't really available anymore because <laughs> Kante just robbed it off and was like, nah, you're all right. Mm. Well, look, I can only talk about the second half, so let's... Go on then. <laughs> second half was really, uh, I thought, a really positive performance. We, we controlled... Possession for like large parts of the second half, post sixty minutes, which uh, it's probably. I, I, I think Dan's right. I think we can't look too much into the Chelsea game because essentially we got completely outclassed by Chelsea's first team, and then we managed to beat Chelsea's second string team, which we should really, with the team that we had on the pitch, you you would expect that absolutely. Um, it's still good to see people like Steven Bergvine get a goal, which he desperately, desperately oh, needed. So and um, and Lucas Moura continue to have a good preseason because Nuno has said this guy is important to my plans. I rate this guy. So whether whether you you want to see Lucas or not, it looks like he's going to get a fairly um, a fairly big role going into the, the start of the season at least. So. It is good to see those guys scoring. It is good <laughs> watching them sort of create chances, and and we should have won the game, to be honest. That, but I mean, we had a couple of chances that Ben Davis hits the post. Did he hit the post? Or did we put it wide? But he, it was cleared off, cleared off, cleared the off line, the line, cleared off the line. Um, we, we should have won it, but again, it's that's against a poor team. I think the the more impressive performance uh, in general was was the Arsenal Arsenal game as a as a whole performance. Um, again, started the first half. Although we created the better chances and should have been two nil, two nil, two nil up, the Son chance and then the post, um, Arsenal probably controlled the ball a little bit better, moved it a little bit sharper than we did. Lacazette had a couple of very good chances, uh, and then it was the second half that we really. I don't remember them having a chance in the second half yesterday, and that might be just saying Arsenal looked like a tenth place team in the Premier League, which maybe they are at the moment, but they they looked really poor in the second half yesterday. Did anyone else sort of start to think off the back of this weekend, wow, the gap between the top four and everyone else, or perhaps you can include Leicester in there, but the gap between the top teams and the next mob is is quite substantial, or have I read too much into that? I think, I think so. I, I thought that this summer, particularly with the transfer business that City and Chelsea look like they're going to do, or <laughs> have already done, it does feel like that's, that's kind of separating into two parts a little bit. 
Um, and yeah, I think this week's just kind of underlined that. You know, Chelsea looks like a really slick side who are way ahead in their development than Spurs. Um, and, you know, Spurs outplayed Arsenal, who, you know, as Hunter says, were, were a mid-table team last year. So, you know, you do wonder if that division is is kind of fairly rapidly taking place in the Premier League. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think sitting here now, for the first time in a long time, you know, I'd be surprised if, if any of us were predict, predicting a top four finish for, for Tottenham. You know, you, you're, you're kind of looking at that top six now, aren't you? Hmm. Yeah, I think I, I, I've said prior to this, I think it would be an achievement to come fifth this season for Spurs, um, just because of the changeover, the, the personnel in, personnel out, new manager, and then as uh, and then Leicester, yeah, who just seem to be getting stronger and stronger. They're making some very smart signings, albeit you know you never know how new signings are going to fit into the Premier League. Dakar is a very good signing and Samare in the middle is a very good signing who Spurs were interested in at one point, I believe. Um, so, yeah, I think w- although <laughs> expectation is probably the lowest it's been in six or seven years, that almost gives you a certain freedom going into the season, I think, <coughs> as a fan. Um, it's just about when when do you start being realistic because although I can say that as many times as I want if we go and lose 4-0 to City on the opening day I'm going to be fuming do you know what I mean so yeah I do feel like we're back to the point where it'll be hard to judge Spurs until the transfer window is closed I mean there are a few seasons like that under Pochettino where Mm. you kind of knew that the first few games weren't going to be a true reflection of what the side would look like come kind of September or October and Spurs were always slow starters back then anyway and I think we're really back in that kind of place now uh, mm. where yeah I don't read too much in the preseason. I probably won't be reading too much into the first kind of three or four matches while the squad's still, still taking shape so I think there's obviously quite a lot of business they want to do and as I said it does look like they're trying to get the right players out and, and get kind of good encouraging signings in I think all the signings so far have, you know been quite promising and then the players Spurs are being linked to are promising as well so it feels like a, a kind of season of transition and you know n- um, not more so than in August when I think there'll be players in the starting 11 and on the bench who, who might not even might not be at the club or, or might not play a huge part kind of thereafter. I think I think what Dan says there is, is important though we are going after players who will improve the squad who the fans are happy with which which in previous seasons hasn't always been the case so you can see what the intention of the club is it's just about being realistic when you have someone like Manchester City buying Jack Grealish for 100 million or Manchester United buying Jane Sancho and Varane and people like that you, you just have to be realistic about where we are albeit Romero is an incredibly ex- exciting signing. You have to remember he is going to be paired with one of the other centre-backs who our fan base decided was <laughs> were all duds last season um well let's see this year though right what do you jude what do you reckon to that are you, are you sort of in that camp that you're kind of seeing the things the signs that you want to see or are you feeling that we're still quite a way off yeah i mean like um yesterday it was quite nice to see them supposedly agreeing a fee for uh latara martinez but the reporting on that one seems to be a little all over the place and apparently he's not too keen on coming or 
his agent said he's fine where he is. So, I mean, it's it's very nice for Spurs to sort of recognise that they need another goal threat. Um, and someone like Martinez is just one Serie A with Inter would like undeniably give them another threat and maybe take their attack up to another level. But um, but yeah, yeah, getting Romero done is a, is an awesome signing. He's he's fabulous. Mm. Yeah, so very encouraging. We'll come, we'll come on to the we'll come to talk about Romero in a little bit. Let's just um, just talk about the the performance yesterday really quickly. Uh, I was really impressed in parts with what we were doing. Like it was some mm. really pleasant signs there, and I know we can't read too much into this one hunter, but like you said, it's also quite nice to see that Arsenal are a bang <laughs> average side now. <laughs> Yeah, it was a, it was as you said, it was promising signs. There were there were players who we need to show more this season. Someone like Sergio Regulon needs to find a little bit more consistency this season for me, albeit he was very good at times last year. Defensively he needs to improve and it looks like that's an area he's spoken about that he wants to improve in his game. I thought Emil Hoybier has started again where he left off basically. He was brilliant yesterday, won the ball really high several times. Um, and Lucas Moura again making a complete nuisance of himself and and taking people on which I think is the criticism of Lucas is when when he's not taking people on when he's sort of standing still with the ball he can he can become a bit aimless but yesterday he he seemed to want to get the ball and drive at people and he went past uh, I think it's Lukonga the new the new signing for Arsenal he went past him like he wasn't there he went past Ben White like he wasn't there and he put in a very very good ball to Son who probably should have scored um, so the signs were there. I, I also loved loved the fact that at 1-0, our front four are 20 yards into the Arsenal half. The back line is pushed up to the halfway line and Arsenal really struggling to play out. And against teams like Arsenal, who we know struggle to play out from the back, that is how Spurs should have played last year. And we would have won points doing it. Like We know that. Um, I think one of the issues Nuno is going to have, and it often happens after Mourinho reigns, is getting the team back to fitness that, that he's happy with. United fans will tell you that it took Solskjaer 12 months or near enough to get them back to, to a team that can press and run for 90 minutes. So it'll be interesting to see... Um, if that's an issue for Spurs this year, but we do have ample central midfield options uh, that he should be able to rotate through. And I thought Skip again, just such a tidy, tidy player. I, um, get, gets muscled off the ball every now and then, gets caught in possession every now and then. That's going to happen. He's a young guy, but his decision-making is brilliant. He drives with the ball very well from midfield as well, which is a, a massive necessity uh, in any midfield, but ours more than anything because we don't really have that. Um, so, yeah, very positive signs. Yeah, it was it was particularly nice seeing Ollie Skip sort of make a bit of a mug of granite Jacker, Jacker whack him, and then yeah. us all be like, no, no, not already, and him just bounce up and sort of give Jacker the eyes like I've just made a mug of you, mate. Like that was absolutely perfect for me. And uh, we got got to bounce on to the bad bits. Um, again, for me, I just just this is very self indulgent, but I'm. Oh, desperate to see Tangi and I'm really panicking that we haven't seen him in pre-season and I am a I am a Tangi apologist I will basically find a reason why he can't be fully fit for every single game that he misses or any training session that he misses or at like any pre-season fixture that he misses but I'm running out of excuses as to why he's not ready to go. Is, and he's, is our, any... he's our Eric Lamella, Ben. He's he playing yours, is. Eric. He literally <laughs> is. I don't, I don't... Does anyone have any good excuses that we can use for yesterday? 
Well, it's just the pregnancy, of, uh, the pregnancy, the the birth of his child was one the reason that he reported back late for preseason. Right, he was off, he was off with his wife, which is absolutely, you know, I think <laughs> absolutely go weeks, go right? and be with your yeah, go and be with your your partner and your child. That is absolutely fair enough. Um, uh, the worry is this is the third manager, and this is the third time we're sort of hearing that he's not ready at this moment fourth manager at Ben is saying because I forgot about Ryan Mason as well <laughs> um, which at some point we as fans maybe have to go hang on what's happening here then they can't all be wrong can they oh, uh, and it is pretty gross um, yeah go on Jude but I, I, the only positive I can really take from it is that it's meant we've seen Hoybier and Skip together in these preseason games and then um Lacelso got a uh, got a pretty good run out as well. I thought he was banging yesterday because um, just whenever he picked the, up the ball, he's always looking to drive forward, uh, looking for options out wide. He just really gave a nice little impetus in that second half when Spurs started to dominate the game and sort of shut Arsenal out of it a little more. So if like and is not going to play, if we can get that version of Lacelso playing every week, then that's that's a big that's a big win for Spurs. Lovely bit of play, play some Tanganga as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I just oh, he was, was awesome yesterday. Tanganga was he was an absolute monster on the right. Like, and then they apparently there's noises that he might go out on loan, but like if he's performing like that, he needs to stay in and around the score because he's so versatile as well. He can 100%. play anywhere across that back four, so he needs to stick around. Yeah, I, just going back to Lucelso, I think he had a bit of a tough year last year. The injuries and disruption, and and never really found it under Mourinho. And I think going away. And winning a tournament, <laughs> I mean, what that can do for your confidence can't be can't be undersold. And especially getting in one of his good mates, Romero, apparently they're very close, is again just another thing to sort of settle him in. Because he's a brilliant player. I, th- I think Spurs fans have been incredibly harsh about and I have to say. But when he when he was playing back in Spain, he was unbelievable, unplayable at times. And and that player who really just grabbed the game by the back, he used to run with the ball completely he was just it's, we haven't seen him yet, I don't think, properly for Spurs. We saw him before the break. We, we yeah, did. that one. Yeah, yeah. He was the best player in every game. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Um, and I just think, hope, I'm just hoping this year we get to see like a, a full season of him in a position that works for him. I think he could be different class this year for us. And and yeah, to, to, to Tanganga, I, I wanted we spoke a lot on this podcast about how we wanted to see him more last year I would have loved to have seen him give him more of a chance at right back and at centre back to be honest with you Um, and if we're considering loaning players out he'd be low on my list I'd keep him around uh, every day of the week that's same for you Dan pro in Tanganga which concerns me a bit he, and he went down at the end yesterday didn't he so just fingers crossed there's nothing serious. Because I think as it stands, you would say on the back of that performance, you'd probably want him a right back in City, which is what he did last season, wasn't it? Under Mourinho. And actually had a pretty good game and a dreadful overall performance. So he normally seems to be someone who kind of rises to the challenge of playing in quite big games, despite being quite young and inexperienced, which is a good quality as well. So hopefully he's fit and hopefully, um, you know, he's got a shot at starting in City. Because I think, he could well be the right back ahead of Doherty and, and Aurier for that game. Spurs also have like quite a low homegrown English quota, don't they? I mean, it's it, important to fill that. He's a 
he's a good good enough player for me. He's no he's no worse than Ore or or um Doherty from what we've seen. He's he can definitely rival them for the right back position. And uh I think Ali G was reporting yesterday that right back and centre back are the are the main sort of um areas that Spurs are looking at again or Paratici's looking at again. So It'll be interesting. I feel like there's quite. I feel like the squad's still fairly bloated. I don't know how you guys feel. I feel like there is people to leave. Dan, Dan probably knows more than. More yeah, than, I think there are. I mean, yeah, and we kind of know who they are. I think the club would listen to offers for Sissoko, definitely Aurier. I think there's players like Lucas was certainly one of them, but he might have actually changed some minds during preseason. But I think Lucas at the start of the summer was certainly someone who. The club would have sold, but weren't desperate to sell. And I think the same might be true of Winks, possibly. So, yeah, we, we know who they are. Mm. Um, and I think that's why I say it's difficult to, to really judge this squad until the end of August, because I think there will be a kind of late flurry of business. And I think uh, there, there probably is an acceptance that this will, will be a, you know, a bit of a season of transition. Mm. Um, I don't think the players that have been signed are going to be expected, even Romero, to kind of hit the ground running. Um, certainly not Ryan Hill. We've got to get onto the elephant in the room. Um, and it's sizable. Uh, and it was a, a post from Harry Kane, weirdly both unexplaining and then attempting to explain his absence and doing no favours to anyone in the process. Um, just give us give us your takes on it, Jude. You can go first. What, what did you make of the statement? Uh, I just thought there were contradictions all over the place, really. Um, the thing about jeopardising relationships with the fans was a little odd because if that was on the top of your mind, you maybe wouldn't go onto Gary Neville's podcast and name your transfer fee. Um, that your chairman might accept if you wanted to move away. Um, and then we, we saw a new Spurs were planning a, a fine for him for not returning to training yet. Um, he said the plan was to always return uh, on the, the Friday or the Saturday. I can't remember which one it was. So like they can't both they can't both be true. <laughs> so it's 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 just sort of stunk of almost backtracking a little bit and was a bit of a yeah, I don't think it don't think it helped anyone or clarified anything really. <laughs> with the with all of these things, I just don't know how involved Harry Kane will be in all of like do you know what I mean? In all of the output and all of the chat. It just feels like representatives make make decisions and then put out things like this that they think are right. And I think it appeased half of the fan base and then the other half just became more and more annoyed it basically um but i think one thing that we can uh, we can really nitpick here is him saying that the plan was always to go back to training uh at the end of the week which just clearly wasn't true as spurs weren't aware of it and and said that publicly so i think that that bit annoyed people and and rightly so and i think that's fair to sort of question it the statement itself albeit probably meant in the best interest uh, looks like it was down to who's going to blink first, Charlie Kane or Daniel Levy, and it, it looks like it's it's that team that have blinked blinked first in this instance because well, Daniel Levy and Co. and even Pep Guardiola are just saying it's just not it's no movement, it's not happening. So there you go, that's where we're at. What about for you, Dan? How did you read it? Well, my initial reading was that 
I wonder if he knows he's not going to get his move, and, and that's why he put the statement out. But um, from what I you know, hear from from colleagues this morning, actually, we've done a piece saying you know Man City are still convinced they can sign him and are still going to try, and they were always expecting quite a kind of messy and protracted saga that would that would drag on beyond the end of the season. So. You know, perhaps not, but the, but certainly my reading at the time was, oh, I wonder if, you know, Kane now knows he needs to get Spurs fans back on side because he won't be playing for Man City. But yeah, to, to echo what the others said, it, I don't think it's, you know, really cut with Spurs fans, has it? And I think, you know, the majority I've I've seen on social media and spoken to, uh, you know, weren't particularly appeased by it. It feels like Kane and his team have have made a real mess of this. And actually, I don't think the start of the transfer circle, they did. I thought it was played kind of fairly well. You know, I thought the interview to Gary Neville was actually kind of quite well pitched, for example. It left the door ajar. It was, you know, reasonably respectful. But everything since has just been uh, a disaster from their point of view, I think. And, you know, this is just my opinion, but I suspect Spurs boardroom, you know, who who very much weren't commenting when Kane released that statement, I expect they, they were kind of suddenly finding it quite funny because they, they didn't really have to do anything and, and Kane was just kind of making a public mess of of his exit strategy. But, you know, nothing has really changed, I guess. You know, he's he's pissed off some fans. He's pissed off the club. He's back a week late. He still wants to go to City. I still, you know, would be pretty surprised if he played for Spurs um, before the transfer window closes. So um, I think we've got a good few weeks of this to come yet. I'm so bored of it as well. <laughs> Honestly, so, so tedious. Um, when I came back from holiday and like that happened on Monday morning and then by Monday afternoon, I was like, I'm already bored of this. Yeah. Back <laughs> half a day, please end it. So one of, one of the things that stood out for me was that I think it was Mateus Pereira, was it, who uh, came out with a really respectful open kind of statement to West Brom before Harry Kane did his uh, and Harry Kane's kind of the, the, the noise around Kane had gone on for by the time that they published something I think it had gone on for maybe five or six days at this point because we were there was all the speculation about whether he returns training there was then him not returning to training and then questions about whether he was going to return and then suddenly the next thing you know he's in Florida I believe and there was no real clarity there whatsoever. So regardless of what statement you put out after that, I think it's probably fair that fans will turn around and say, hang on, what the hell's going on? Like, what's going on here? Because they're not being communicated with. And it seems like from, from at least from Nuno's point of view, that he's being massively left in the lurch here. Because he's being asked at every turn, when are you going to speak to Harry Kane? When are you going to speak to Harry Kane? Mm. And he can't actually give an answer to that if he doesn't know when the player is going to arrive back. And that just from the quotes that we've seen in the press conference, that would seem to be the case. I don't know whether Dan, whether I've given an accurate depiction there of, of how he sort of got that across. Yeah. I mean, that was certainly the case on Wednesday after the Chelsea game. I mean, obviously Kane's back now. He came back on Saturday mm-hmm. uh, and was isolating his Spurs, but Nuno still hadn't spoken to him yesterday. So he said last night that he was going to speak to Kane 
kind of from two meters or whatever (laughs) (laughs) socially distanced (laughs) chat was was the headline (laughs) distance chat with Kane yeah today you know you know they're standing on other sides of the fence or something it might be slightly odd or maybe they'll just do it over zoom (laughs) um yeah that was obviously uh, one of the kind of weird quirks of the situation that you know a new manager had come in and, and he had made it his policy not to kind of badger the Euros players while they're on holiday. Um, he wanted to give them a complete break and then speak to them when they came back and then Kane didn't show. So, you know, Nuno is in a slightly strange position of, of not having spoken to him yet. But, you know, the, we're recording this kind of Monday afternoon. So I suspect, you know, it's, it's happening now or, or is soon to happen. Mm. I, I've uh, This is slightly off piece, but I've been really impressed with Nuno's handling of this this situation and just generally his press conferences are such a breath of breath of fresh air in comparison to what we were getting how do you mean i don't know man (laughs) i don't know man i I mean you're not a news reporter there's a well of course i'm i'm coming at this purely from i don't need him to say anything that that's gonna sell me anything or get me any clicks on the website i'm coming from it from a god i'm just so sick of someone shitting all over our players and <laughs> our team and our general club we support and and then going off to another country and getting sent off and getting four of your players sent off in a pre-season friendly I don't know I don't know who I could be talking about but <laughs> but I think you're right that Nuno at least kind of seems happy and polite and, and friendly um I, I don't think he's the, the most explosive speaker like Mourinho was but I think certainly when it comes to the Kane saga the club is going to quite like that and and it's completely understandable that fans quite like that you know Spurs position is that they're keeping it in-house they're not going to play it out in public Mm. Um, and Nuno's a good man for that because he doesn't love the sound of his own voice at all he's very happy to say to say relatively little I just want to get back to talking about things on the pitch Mm. And 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 I don't want there to be any dramas, and and maybe that's just for this season, and it doesn't go so well, and then we're we're all back into the to next season as as it may as it may happen. Um, but yeah, just for now, I'm just quietly relieved that this is just okay. This is just teetering along. I think also there's a little bit of an issue. Well, there were, there definitely was when Mourinho was there, but as a fan, I think sometimes ignorance is bliss. I think sometimes you don't need to hear that, oh, he hates this guy who's done like something marginal wrong. And, and Mourinho often used to give that in, in press. He would, he would come out and sort of quite actively pursue someone and, and, and say like, yeah, I'm going to go after this guy and he's going to know about it. Like he's going to know that he's annoyed me. And, and sometimes that then leads to not only then the fallout from a media point of view, but it also leads to everyone from a fan point of view, then starting to question whether the player's got poor motives or whether the player doesn't train well enough. And then the player's got no right to reply because they're not getting on the pitch. And then we're not seeing what goes on in training. (laughs) Um, To finish on a more positive note, um, transfer wise, uh, Romero coming in, he was at the stadium the other day, which is really, really lovely. So he he sort of came in and got to soak it up a little bit. And I mean, obviously great news that we won that game. He gets a good first experience. but we desperately needed a, a centre-back hunter. That was one of our big ones that we picked out. I mean, you and I also picked out a right-back, but centre-back was yeah. very much up there, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think at the end of last season, we all said, that, albeit Mourinho said there's nothing more he could do, uh, that it still needed to be addressed outside of whether Mourinho thought all these players were done or not. 
their their centre back specifically, Toby aging and Dyer and Sanchez having really off seasons and and Roden still coming through. It does mean that we have quite we actually have quite a lot of centre backs now, especially if we're looking to bring in um the Japanese guy as well. I've forgotten what his name is. Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu, uh, and then a potential right back as well. We have quite a bloated defence. We need to actually start looking to offload some of these guys, I'd assume. So, but brilliant signing. Serie A defender of the year last year. You, you can't ask for more than that when you've got, you know, people in that league, you've got the big boys of the Italian team who were, everyone was singing their praises all, all summer. So, yeah, great signing. Quite oddly, always wanted to come to Spurs as well. I cannot, I, <laughs> I don't cannot get it. <laughs> understand why he was why he was trying so hard, but I love him for it, and that will that will win him so much good faith with the with the fans of this club. Just the fact that he wants yeah. wants to be here, and it brought down Messi as well. <laughs> a really nice Argentine connection, though, which mm. kind of mm. going back to Villa and ideas, and then. Um, through through legends of the game like Pochettino and Lamella, so um, <laughs> yeah. and the, the way yeah, the, sure. the, the the stage is perfectly set for Leo to just rock up, exactly, and uh, absolutely smash it. Um, right, let's leave let's leave it there. Um, absolute pleasure as always. Thanks so much to all of the guys. You can make sure you follow them on on Twitter on their various social handles. Um, we'll be back hopefully before the start of the season to give you a little bit of a preview going into the Man City game. If not, we'll be back next week to review that one. Uh, make sure you leave us a leave us a review if you wouldn't mind, and drop us any comments you want us to talk about next week on the Oh What a Night Twitter account as well. Any ratings very much appreciated. Also, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. What a feeling, what a night. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.